Welcome to the Living by Design podcast. I'm Devani. This is your go-to show for faith and psychology-based personal growth. I have my master of social work and I've been in the mental health field for about five years. On this show, we will talk all things mindset, healthy routines, emotion and mood wellness, self-compassion, confidence, and so much more. And I'm sure that you're going to hear my dogs in the background at some point too. All right, love, let's dig in. I am so, so excited that you're here today. I was recently having a discussion with one of my good friends slash mentor slash just incredible person overall, and we were talking about the importance of healthy and effective communication. And we were talking about some of the barriers that come up, some of the reasons why having healthy conversations can be so difficult, while at the same time acknowledging how important communication is. And this is something that God has really been putting on my heart lately, just in different situations that I've been in, different conversations I've been having, and realizing that the communication that a lot of us are having could be improved upon. So I'm really, really excited to share with you these eight powerful practices for you to really feel connected, for you to be able to hear the other person, and for you to feel heard. And there were so many different ways that I could have described these practices, but I really felt that I wanted the word connection in there because we really need underneath everything. We need to feel connected. And if we are having communication, if we are communicating with other people in a way that allows us to feel connected to them, that allows them to feel connected with us, That is so powerful, so powerful. So let's go ahead and dive on in. And really quickly, I do want to mention that I think there are a couple of different things to keep in mind. So when you are hearing all of these practices, as always, I always want you to remember to be gracious with yourself. So really remembering to be compassionate that whatever practices you use now, However you communicate now, whatever communication you've used up until this point, I want you to be compassionate with yourself and remind yourself, I feel like I just said yourself 20 times, (laughs) Uh, but I want you to remind yourself that you have been doing the best that you knew how to do. And literally just continually remind yourself that I have been doing the best that I knew how to do. I truly, truly believe that, and that's something that I learned in grad school. That's a huge, just underlying belief that I have, that people are genuinely doing the best that they know how to do with what they have. So you have been communicating the best that you know how to do, right? And the people around you, they are communicating the best that they know how to do, and that is something that I truly believe. However, At the same time, it is our responsibility to try and grow and heal and learn and improve upon these things so that we can feel healthier, we can connect in a deeper way, we can connect more, we can be more effective in our communication, right? So that is our responsibility at the same time. So I want you to remember you are doing and have been doing the best that you have known how to do up until this point. And then there are so many different reasons why and how we learn to communicate, right? Based on the families that we grew up in, experiences that we had growing up, 
what norms were where, you know, we went to school or between our parents, between us and our siblings. There are so many different pieces that come into play when we think about how we have learned to communicate. But all of those things do mold and create how we communicate these patterns that we get into. And so I just want you to have that in the back of your mind. So as you're hearing these things, rather than just thinking about how you can use these in one situation, really look at, oh my gosh, these are, these are things that I may or may not be doing consistently, right? Because really we have patterns of behavior, patterns of thought, and things that are happening continuously. So I just want that to be in the back of your mind that maybe when you're thinking about these eight practices and you're going to have at least a couple that are really going to stand out to you that you're going to want to try to do more often, I want you to think about how can I really integrate these into my communication patterns? What type of communication, like what do I want my style to be? Come up with some adjectives. What do I want my communication style to feel like, to be like, to be experienced by other people or with other people for you? Like, what do you want that to be like? And everyone's can be different. There are not right and wrong ways. However, there are definitely ways that are going to foster more connection versus foster more disconnection. There are going to be communication practices and styles that will lead to you feeling heard, lead to the other person feeling heard versus really feeling like the other person has no idea what you were trying to get across, wasn't really receiving what you had to say. So just keeping those things in mind. All right, let's dive in. So number one of these powerful practices is to regulate. Okay. And I want... (laughs) I want you to think about when someone has come at you and they are super escalated. They are really upset. They are in the heat of the moment, guns a-blazing, right? How do you respond? You are going to go into fight or flight. You are going to go into this, you know, stress state of, whoa, like your defenses are going to come up. You feel like you need to be on the defense. You need to figure out how to keep yourself safe emotionally, whatever that looks like, right? So when we think about what can I do in that situation, regulate. Keep yourself regulated. Or if you are super upset in the moment, how can I regulate myself before I even start this conversation? And that could look like a number of different things. That could look like you taking a deep breath, super simple, reactivating your prefrontal cortex, which is your conflict resolution, your rational thinking. You are not using that part of your brain when you are in fight or flight, when you are feeling super emotionally heated. You are not using that rational part of your brain. So take a deep breath, reactivate the prefrontal cortex, right? The PFC is what I'm going to call it. So reactivate that space. Take a couple deep breaths. Whatever can create space between how you are feeling and really like you verbally speaking, you verbally vomiting, right? So what is going to create space in that moment for you to slow down? Some people can do that in the moment with the person sitting right next to them. Take a couple deep breaths. Some people need to leave the space. So that would look like going to the bathroom, splashing some water in your face, walking over to the kitchen, getting a glass of water, like just creating some, not only like 
You want to create physical space sometimes. Sometimes you want to create time space. So you want to create like five, 10 seconds, a minute, right? For your body to cool down and deescalate and for you to be able to regulate. You could also say, and this is something that, you know, I think is a really, really powerful and we need to practice more is saying to the other person, I really want to have this conversation, but I really need to take a moment and cool off and make sure that I'm in a good headspace so that we have an effective conversation. You can change the wording however you want, but you are absolutely allowed and it's almost encouraged. I would almost encourage it to say, I really want to have this conversation. I want this to be a productive conversation for both of us. And so I'm going to go take a couple of minutes to gather myself, to gather my thoughts, and then I'll come back. Can we do that? Can I table it for five minutes? Whatever you need that to sound like. There is no shame in that. And that's actually really, really powerful. Number two would be, what do you need? Identifying what do you need? And right when I typed that out, I was picturing the notebook gif, right? Where, oh my gosh, I don't even know his name, but he's like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? She's like, I don't know. So, so that's what I'm picturing, right? Sometimes we don't know what we want, especially in the moment. If something just got brought up and you're like, oh my gosh, I literally don't know how I feel. I don't know what I need. I don't know what I want. Totally fine. But what needs to happen is you either need to identify what it is that you need in this moment or even in general regarding this situation or openly say if you feel safe with this person like I honestly don't know what I'm feeling right now I don't know what I need but I would really appreciate you just being with me right now or you could say I don't know what I need right now I don't know what I'm feeling right now and I just need some space So either communicating or knowing what you need, what you want regarding this situation, what outcome do you want, or being willing to say that you don't know what it is that you want or need. Number three is to listen to understand. And this is one that you have heard so many times, I'm sure of it. Listen to understand. So when the other person is sharing with you their feelings or their thoughts, Instead of thinking about how everything they're saying is wrong and thinking about all of the rebuttals that you have and reasons why you think that what they're saying is a crack of poo poo, right? Instead of doing all of that, you want to listen to really understand what they're saying. Trying to genuinely understand what they are saying, what they are feeling, what their experience is. And that's what What I've come to find is so powerful in communication is that some, if you ask three different people who are in the room who experience the same thing, if you ask each of them to share what happened with you, they are all going to have a different experience. They are all going to have seen things from a different perspective, have noticed different pieces, different parts. So we want to listen to understand what is happening for the other person. What are they feeling? What was their experience? Because from that space, we can genuinely connect with them. From that space, you are able to practice empathy, which I'm going to add as like bonus right here, is being able to practice empathy and seeing from their perspective. 
And I will say too that if you are an empath, if you are someone who is really able to see other people's perspectives, this can also be a double-edged sword. And this is something that I've struggled with personally because I'm definitely an empath. I'm always able to see the other perspective and see what other people are experiencing. And so you have to find that balance of seeing the other person's perspective, but also staying strong in what your perspective is and being willing to have your perspective shared and heard and understood as well. So number three is listening to understand. Number four is piggybacking and is using reflective listening. So there are a couple of different communication tools and none of these are, I'm not taking credit for any of these. These are ones that I've either learned in grad school or learned in my personal life or you know things like that that I'm just compilating and bringing together for you. So one of those one of those tools is reflective listening. And what that means is that when the other person shares something with you, you are going to, you're listening to understand, right? And then instead of right when they stop talking, you start sharing all of your thoughts, you're going to reflect back to them like a mirror. Imagine that you are trying to be a mirror for just a moment, just a moment. So they share, and then you want to be a mirror for them before you start to share your own feelings about whatever was just brought up. So that would sound like, if we're being a mirror, using reflective listening, so I'm hearing you say X, Y, Z. I'm hearing that X, Y, Z. Is that right? I'm hearing that this was your experience, that you were feeling this way, it sounds like what you were feeling was this. Like you are not putting any of your feelings or thoughts into it. You are genuinely like almost just summarizing or just mirroring back what they just shared, asking, is that right? Is that what I'm hearing? Is that what you're trying to say? So that you can confirm that you're doing a couple of different things. First off, you're confirming that you are hearing correctly. Am I hearing that right? Is this what you're saying you experienced? Right? And then beyond that, you're also creating a little bit of a barrier. And I talk about this a lot, creating a gap. So you're creating a barrier is the wrong word. Creating a gap. I like so much more. So you're creating a gap between they just shared maybe some really intense feelings with you right? So they shared some intense thoughts or feelings with you. You're going to reflect it back, be a mirror and say, I'm hearing you say X, Y, Z. Is that right? Like, is that what you're trying to share with me? Right? Is that correct? Am I hearing you right? That you're mirroring, reflecting back. And then you're sharing your thoughts, your feelings. So you're creating a gap so that Rather than responding from a very emotionally charged place, you're, even if it's just a five-second gap, you're creating a little bit of a gap for you to be a little bit more attuned with the rational thinking part of the brain. Creating a little bit of a gap. Instead of they share their feelings and you immediately come in and you're like, well, this is how I feel. This was my experience. You're really coming from a place of I genuinely want to understand and that is the underlying, that has to be our intention. And this is something that's, I'm going to go on a side note for, for just a second. I really want you to start thinking about what is my intention with this conversation? 
what is my intention? Because if you're in, because this is going to force you to get radically honest with yourself, your intention in the heat of the moment may genuinely be, I need to feel heard, right? And I want to be right. I want to prove to them that they were wrong. Let's be honest. Let's be honest for a second, please. Be honest with me, okay? So when we ask ourselves, what is my intention here? You can be real with yourself and say, oh my gosh, I really just want to prove to them that they're wrong. Or, and then you can check yourself and or you can check yourself and say, no, my intention here really is that I really want them to know how I'm feeling and I really want to be able to resolve this. Because if your goal is to feel connected, to feel heard, to hear the other person, your goal and your intention is going to be that you are able to come out of this and resolve this together. And that, if that is your goal, you're going to use different strategies, right? Because you're going to try to hear them. You're going to try to figure out how can we meet in the middle? What does this look like? Let me hear you. I need you to hear me. So knowing what our intention is when we go into it as well is really powerful. Number five, use the word I more than you. And this is a classic. I'm so into I statements and I'm not sure if you've heard of I statements before, but I statements are super powerful, super simple. What it looks like is you say something along the lines of, I feel or I felt blank when you blank, I need blank. That's like the easiest way to describe it. So what you're doing is instead of you pointing your finger aggressively at the other person and saying, you are the worst, you hurt my feelings, you didn't do, you know, I don't know, you didn't take out the trash and you really hurt my feelings when you said that and you, 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 right? Of course, there are always two people in a conversation. There are always two people, two experiences. However, I'm encouraging you to own what is your experience. So saying, I really felt hurt when you said that about me, or I really felt hurt when you said that with that tone, with that tone you used, that, that really hurt me. So instead of saying, you did that and you were so mean, and that's another piece is being descriptive. If you say to someone, you really pissed me off, you're so annoying, are they going to know how to fix that? They're not going to know how to fix it. What? That is so general and so vague, right? And now they're just going to feel bad and not know how to fix it. Or maybe they won't feel bad. I don't know. But using I more than you and being specific. So owning these were my feelings that I had when you did this. And when you're saying you, you're trying to keep it, you know, moderately objective. So it's like when you said this or when you did this, I felt really hurt. I felt really betrayed. I felt my feelings were really hurt. I felt sad. I felt disappointed. Like get descriptive and use those words and really focus on saying I more than you. Number six. Be problem-focused, not person-focused. Be problem-focused and not person-focused. So what that means is that you are going to focus on the problem at hand. I don't even like the word problem necessarily. I guess, I guess you know, that's just semantics. Whatever issue it is, whatever hurt feelings, whatever issue, whatever challenge, whatever problem, focus on that. 
It is so easy to get focused on the person, right? So instead of you focusing on how they said something to you in a really, in a, in a hurtful tone, right? You perceived it as like they were being really demeaning or they hurt your feelings, right? So instead of focusing on that action, that choice, that behavior, you are focusing on them as a person and saying, oh, well, you know, you talked down to me and, you know, that was really rude when you did that. And like, we need to stay focused on the problem that's going to be so much more effective. That's going to move you through this process so much quicker than focusing on them as a person. And really think about it too when someone has been upset with you. Does it feel more like, in Maria, Marie, I don't know how to say her name, Marie Forleo's words, figure outable? Does it feel more figure outable? Does it feel more doable? If someone is coming to you and they're saying something about your character, something about you, something about what this this thing that you did means about you, like, oh my gosh, or is it going to feel more figureoutable if they're coming to you and saying, when you did this, it really hurt my feelings. That feels so much easier. That feels like a much smaller mountain. So really we're looking at making sure that we're being problem focused and not person focused because that is a much more attainable mountain to climb, right? Okay, next, number seven, focus on this situation only. What do you think I mean when I say that? Focusing on this situation only. That means that when you are having this discussion with someone, you are not bringing up something that they did yesterday that is not related to this. You are not bringing up something that they did a week ago or a year ago. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. If you want to move through this conversation to where you end up being able to feel heard and connected, we do not need to grab a shovel and freaking dig up all the stuff that happened days ago, weeks ago, years ago, whatever that looks like for you, we don't need it. It is not helpful. It is not helpful. Start asking yourself that question. Is this helpful? And that's like even, I could do a whole episode about that. Asking yourself that question about your thoughts. Ask yourself that question about the action that you're taking, the behavior that you're doing. Is this helpful? Is this helpful? Okay. Number eight, last one, is really avoid the words never and always. I'm sure that we have all been on the receiving end of one of those statements and it feels like poo-poo, right? Like it feels terrible for a couple different reasons. And it's like, okay, so I'm imagining someone's like, oh my gosh, you always do that. Right, so let's say that I, I mess up and my sister calls me out on something and she, you know, comes to me and she's like, hey, like, you know, you really upset me. And then she's like, you always do that, which, side note, she doesn't do this, just to clarify. <laughs> she does not do this. Um, I'm just using this as an example. And she's like, you always do that. Ugh. Like, I'm sorry, again, that puts me on the defense. That puts me on the, whoa, I definitely don't do this always. That feels a little dramatic, right? Oh my gosh, my sister's FaceTiming me, ha. 
Sorry, I should have muted my phone. <laughs> it's funny timing. So I want you to think about that. Like, we don't want to hear the word never. We don't want to hear the word always. Like, oh, you never take out the trash. You never, right? Is it necessary? And again, let's come back to it. Is it helpful? No, it is not helpful. And it's probably not true. And that's, that's also part of having intentional language, like being intentional with your words, being intentional with your words, and that's something that I'm so huge on, because how much more difficult is it to repair something when you just come out guns ablazing? you are not regulated, you're using the nevers or the always, you know, you're coming on like you, 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 you. That is so much more difficult to come out of. So much more difficult. So be intentional with your words. And that's a huge part of why I need you, why, why I need you to, <laughs> why you want to focus on regulating yourself because then you can be more intentional with your words and then you have less to apologize for, right? And I also do just want to know before we close up here, I do want to note like there is a lot for us to learn. And there is a lot for other people to learn. So I can imagine that some of you right now are thinking, yeah, okay, Devani, well, I'm going to try all these, but, you know, <laughs> the other person who I'm thinking of, whoever's in your mind, like, oh, they're not going to, they're not going to do any of these. They do all of these things that you're saying not to do. And what am I supposed to do with that? Which is really challenging. Super, super challenging. And that is a very complex question. <laughs> I cannot give a blanket suggestion or response to that. However, what I will say is start with yourself. Start with yourself. So you can either directly tell someone that these are the playing rules. What's the, what's the term? There's a term. These are the, okay. These are the rules that I want to play by. Like these, and that's something you can do too. When you, if you are about to come into a serious conversation, you can say up front, hey, I really would like to set up some agreements that we're going to come up with together because I really want this to be a successful conversation. I really want to share these things with you and I want it to go well. I want it to, you know, be able to be positive for both of us. Can we agree to a couple of these things together? Set some agreements. Like these are the things that may feel so weird and so silly, but if you start doing them, the people around you will notice and possibly start to adopt them as well. Like that's a whole nother concept, modeling, right? Like we do that for children. We model behavior that we want them to adopt or that we don't want them to adopt either way. But we model and they pick up on it. Other people do that as well. So Take responsibility for what you can take responsibility for. If you need to directly address some of these things with someone, do that. Hey, I really would like for you to try not to do, you know, using always and never. Or, like, if you need to directly do that, do that. But if not, if you just want to start trying to model it and using it for yourself, starting within yourself, that alone is powerful. That alone is so powerful. So take responsibility for what you have control over, which is how you communicate, how you show up, how you're interacting with people. And again, as you were listening to these, I hope that you were being really gracious with yourself and really compassionate and reminding yourself 
up until this point, and even today, you have been doing the best that you knew how to do. There are some things, like I look back at ways that I've communicated in the past, and there are five million things I would do differently now, right? So it's like you're doing, or you did, or you are doing the best that you know how to do with what you have. So I hope that this was super helpful. I would love, love, love to know. I would love to know what one you're gonna take away the most, like which one you really, really wanna focus on. And I'd love for you to think about that right now before this ends. Think about one that you really wanna set an intention about, you really wanna try to really focus on, okay? And if you love this episode, please take a screenshot of it Post it up on your story on Instagram. Make sure to tag me. That's how I know that you are loving these episodes. And I'd love to connect as well, obviously. So take a screenshot, post it to Instagram. Make sure to tag me. If you haven't already, I would love for you to leave a rating and a review. At the end of every month, I choose one review randomly from that previous month. And I offer that person a free coaching call. So head down there, leave a review if you haven't already. I would so appreciate that. If you are looking for more support at this time, definitely head down to the show notes. Check out the Thrive Tribe membership community. It's amazing. Daily journal prompts and coaching. And it's all like all centered around this faith and psychology-based growth. So having that community and having that coaching that is all aligned with your faith and stuff that you know is going to work, okay? So the Thrive Tribe membership community, if you're feeling more of like you want some women around you, you want to start having more practices, things like that, or if you are really looking to dive in, you are really looking for some radical growth, definitely head down to the show notes and you can send me an email or you can send me a DM wherever. And let's connect about one-on-one coaching. I would love to chat more with you. Okay, so I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. I will talk to you soon.